0: Welcome to Oaks Church, where we grow great lives and build big people. Thank you for checking out our podcast. We hope that you're encouraged by this life-changing message from Pastor Joel Scrivener. For more information, visit us online at oakschurch.com. Or follow us on social media at All Oaks Church, right. we're Texas. we continue on with our series today called Tell Me More. This is our relationship series. And you see these chairs up here. This is a really cool thing we're going to do today. We've never done this before, but I'm going to preach short. You believe it? I don't. I'm going to try. I'm going to preach short. And then we've got a panel of what we're going to call expert parents. These are parents that have, and some of them are like, oh, great, I'm an expert now. Uh, Yes, today you are our parental experts. Uh, Some of them have a gaggle of children. Others of them have successfully raised children all the way up into adult ages. And you're going to hear some answers to some tough questions that will help you. But as we talk about parenting, some people can say, well, I'm not a parent yet, Joel, or I don't ever plan to be a parent, or my parenting days are long gone. The reason that parenting relates to everyone, no matter what age they are or what stage of life, is because we have a goal as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, to become more and more like him. And as we have a heavenly father who is our heavenly parent, we have a Holy Spirit that is like our heavenly mother, that our goal is to become more and more like God. So there are attributes of a parent that each of us are supposed to walk in, no matter what our age. Age is, no matter what our station in life is, or if we're in the middle of raising children or teenager or have adult children or don't ever have children, that's That doesn't matter because each and every one of us have positions in life that we have a simple set of responsibilities. You could be a manager, you could be a business owner, you could be involved in some type of a club. You have people that are underneath your authority in any way or underneath your influence. And the same principles that you use for being a great parent are the same principles that will fit into managing your team or your business or your employees. So these are important things that we look at. And I wanna just take a second and talk about How each and every one of us have had a different experience growing up. Uh, I'm sure that most of us have some type of attribute from our parents and how they behaved or how they carried themselves. That we thought, you know, when I am older or when I'm an adult or when I'm a parent, I'm not going to do that. Anybody? Have any of you found yourself doing that thing you said you would never do? See, for me and my, my dad, I had wonderful parents, have wonderful parents. My dad, Ken Scrivener, uh, has an amazing way of saying the same thing twice in different ways. Today, you need to clean your room, so I need you to clean your room today. One of those things. And, he, oh, just, and I would be, stop provoking your sister. We're going to have a board meeting. We're going to have a board meeting if you don't stop provoking your sister. I'll tell you about the board meeting later. But you understand, and so here I am now, a few decades later, and I do the exact same thing to my children. I repeat myself twice, two different ways in the same way, because more is caught than taught, we've probably heard it said. But the same principles, whether you're a boss or a coach or a leader, a salesman, do you know you need to be a good salesman if you have children? You better be able to sell those little suckers on what you want them to do, or you're going to have a tug of war every time you turn around. So, you have to have these same skill sets as a parent, and we'll look into that in just a second. Uh, I wanna talk first and foremost of what the purpose of parents is. According to the scriptures, the purpose of parents is to raise up godly children or godly offspring. There's a letter that was written um, to the people of Israel. The prophet Malachi wrote this book of the Bible. And essentially, it was a letter that was the last words of God for 400 years. And God gave Israel the silent treatment. And this letter of Malachi, or this message that came through the prophet Malachi, literally is a book of all the reasons that God was, was shutting up and wasn't going to speak to them again until the Messiah came. And it was 400 years Interestingly enough, it was also 400 years that Israel spent in captivity in Egypt, and now we have another 400 years of silence, and then Jesus came on the scene. But one of the things in the book of Malachi chapter 2, verse 15, that God was judging them for, it says, but did he not make them one? Speaking about a marriage, a husband and wife coming together and becoming one in God's sight, having a remnant of the Spirit, and why one? Why would I make them one? This is what he says. Because he seeks godly offspring, therefore take heed to your spirit and let none of you deal treacherously with the wife of your youth. The commandment that God gave Adam and Eve in the garden was what? Be fruitful, multiply, Fill the earth and subdue it and take dominion. God's vision for his people are to be fruitful and to multiply. So whether or not you're going to ever have children, if you're going to have a great business, you better learn how to be fruitful and multiply, or you'll be the bottleneck and you can't get anywhere. So the same skill sets for becoming a great parent are the same skill sets for becoming someone who uh, has great children, raises those up. And the command that was given in Proverbs, verse 22, 6, comes with a promise. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That's a fantastic promise, that if we are diligent to train our children the right way, even if they go off the path at times. Has any of you, have any of you ever gone off the path? I know I've gone off the path. But when you train up a child in the way they should go, you have a promise according to scripture that as they get older, they will return to it. I got a little whistle. I got the old man whistle going on. Did you hear that? I wish I could do that on call. That was amazing. So what is it that godly parents give? Godly parents give loving discipline. See, that's one of the hardest parts of being a parent is that you're responsible to discipline your children. You're responsible to have the hard conversations. You're responsible to be the one that holds the line and makes sure that they learn the right way to live, the right way to be, the right way to act and to speak. And as a disciplinarian, as a parent, that's never the fun part. The fun part is ice cream and cotton candy and going to the zoo and all that. The, The hard part is when we have to discipline our children and teach them how to act. And sadly, a lot of parents opt out of that because it's too much pressure, especially in a, in, a, in a household or in a time where maybe it's a single parent home and you're working a couple jobs and it's just so hard and a lot of children grow up. I don't know how you grew up. I grew up with very strict parents. And I was, as a teenager, I was always complaining about my curfew. I was complaining about how strict the rules were. But at the end of the day, when I became a young man, as I grew out of that phase, I was grateful that I had parents that actually cared enough to hold a standard. Because what I could see later on in life is my friends that got to get away with everything, they didn't have parents that loved them on the same level that mine did. Because godly parents give loving discipline. This is what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and punishes each one he accepts as his own child. That's a hard passage to understand because we want to think about God as love and mercy and and grace and all of that. And, And he is all of that. But he's also a loving disciplinarian. And if God doesn't discipline you, he doesn't love you. We need the discipline of God in our lives. He disciplines those that He loves. Now, watch this. Proverbs, I'm gonna read you two great verses. These were my parents' favorite verses when I was growing up. Those who spare the rod, Proverbs 13, 24. Those who spare the rod, that means don't spank their children, hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. Proverbs 23, verse 13, this is the one I like. Do not withhold correction from a child, for if you beat him with a rod, he won't die. You shall beat him with a rod, and watch, deliver his soul from hell. Some of you kids are getting whooped today. Which brings me back to the board meeting. Now, we have girls, and, 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 I, I, all, I, all I have to do is say, excuse me, and my girls will, yeah. I mean, that's it, girls. But boys, it's a little different. And it's, and it's cute. And th- this is why discipline's important. Because what's cute at three is obnoxious at 13. You understand? And if you don't curb that thing early, you're going to have a three-headed monster on your hands. And so my mom would use these kitchen spoons. Anybody, use, remember those little wooden kitchen spoons, little spatulas? My mom used those on me until I started doing the martial arts and developed buns of steel. And, and she would start, I'm talking splinter them on me, like, ka she'd splinter them on me. ka, breaking spoons left and right. And I'd laugh because my pain tolerance was up. And so my dad was a woodworker. Joe, you'll appreciate this. My dad, Ken Scrivener, became a paddle aficionado. <laughs> and he had literally, this is how my childhood brain, he's shaking his head at home, but, but, but dad, this is, part of this is true. Part of it is my imagination, but part of it's true. It, it was like sweaters hanging in a closet, the number of paddles my dad had fabricated. That's how it was in my childhood memory. But I specifically remember remember paddles that were like thin and kind of ping pong paddle shaped, like oversized with holes drilled into it for aerodynamics and to leave a polka dot pattern on your backside. I remember long ones that were like, I mean, long, man, and made out of like red oak and looked like a miniature cricket bat. I mean, he had all of these different paddles that he would use for different purposes depending on what I deserved at the time. And it was, I mean, they believed in it. My dad literally would say, it's time for a board meeting, son. Oh, not another board meeting, But here's the deal. See, this is controversial nowadays. Because people will talk, I mean, but listen, I just read you the Bible. And you may be able, I mean, I can count on one hand the times that we've had to, to to you know actually spank our daughters, probably, because they're just easy. But if you've got a child who's not easy, you spare the rod and you can send him to hell. You understand? Because he needs to learn. Healthy authority and let me help you with this. What's healthy? Healthy is how my parents did it. They never did it in anger. They never disciplined me in anger. If they were angry, they would have me go to their room. They would go and pray and calm down and then when it was time, they would bring me in. They would talk me through it. They would walk me through it and then they would give me my licks and then they would give me a hug and look me in the eyes and tell me how much they love me. And they were doing this because they love me. Now, the whole this hurts me more than it hurts you, that's baloney and you know it, right? That Don't use that one on your kids. But we've got to be willing to be disciplinarians as parents. Here's why. There's a story in the Old Testament about a high priest named Eli, who wouldn't discipline his sons. And as his sons grew up, they moved into the position of high priest, and because they were not disciplined, they began to act wickedly, And they began to be illicit in their behavior with the women in the church. They became greedy, and they were were taking portions of the offering that were not fit for them. And it enraged God so much that he had to raise up a little boy named Samuel. And a prophet came to Eli and said, Eli, because you have not disciplined your sons, here's the word of the Lord for you. Both of your sons will die on the same day, and I will cut off every male in your bloodline. If Eli had been willing to have the hard conversations with his son, he could have saved their soul from hell. If you don't cut it, it grows. It gets worse and worse and worse. It's the nature of sin that it continually grows, and if we don't cut it, we're going to have major problems in the future. But love has to be the motive of this discipline. Very important. Love is always the motive. Never anger. Never wrath. One of the things that says in scriptures that's so important is there's a command that's right next to the command for children to honor your father and mother so that you will live long on the earth, which means so they won't kill you and make a new one that looks just like you. But the same promise right there gives a command for the parents and it says fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. It is so important that we learn how to lovingly discipline. Now, again, this works for your staff, your employees, your co, people that you have influence over. If we can learn how to have the tough conversations without provoking wrath, this works everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. But I wanna give you a, 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 quick, a quick instruction here as I get ready to wrap this up because I, the panel is gonna be really wonderful. And, and that's simply this. We need to be people That constantly ask God for wisdom and practice the art form of persuasion. Practice persuasion. Watch this verse. This is Proverbs chapter 16, verse 21. The wise are known for their understanding, and pleasant words are persuasive. Verse 23 says, From a wise man comes wise speech. And the words of the wise are persuasive. This word, persuasive, or the skill set of persuasion, is one of the most important parts of leadership. Whether you're a boss, whether you're a manager, you're a team leader, you're a coach, you're a parent, you're a mom, whatever, the skill set of persuasion, being able to develop the, the, uh, the, potential that you can have a conversation with a child or conversation with a team member and at the end of the conversation you have persuaded them to make the wise decision. See, our two daughters are very different and neither of them are in service today so I can talk openly about them without them saying anything to me. Our oldest daughter, Sydney, was was stubborn. She was beautiful like me and stubborn like her mom. Never mind. That's actually backwards. It's backwards. Beautiful like her mom, stubborn like me, right? But she was literally just stubborn. And at two or three, she was a hard headed little sucker, man. And I remember one time, because you would, I mean, you would try to put her in a seat, like her car seat, and boom, she'd be, ah, scream. She was just stubborn, hard headed. And I remember in my car one time, literally just crying in my car because she was pushing me to the limits. And God is like, "This is what God said to me. Now you know how I feel dealing with you." <laughs> ah, good one, buddy. Good one, right? But but I begin to ask God for a strategy with Sydney, Blakely. We call her the magical unicorn because she's like, "Go upstairs and do this. Don't ever do that." Okay, Daddy. Go upstairs and get this, this, and this. Okay, Dad. She's always Sydney was the one that would just, you know, look at you, right? And 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 I'm I'm finished the story of this because it's a beautiful story, but the Lord gave me a strategy with Sydney, that instead of me being this dominant dictator with an iron fist trying to force her, she didn't have she had the personality like I have. Don't force me to do something; you won't like the result. Don't back me into a corner; I'll come out swinging. That's me, and Jennifer. And she got both of our our strength, okay? She's a tough little cookie, I'm telling you. But the Lord gave me a strategy, and the strategy was this. I would say, Sydney, she's three years old. Sydney, you're in charge. You're in control. You get to choose what happens today. If you do this, here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna go to the zoo, and you're gonna get ice cream, and you're gonna whatever, whatever, whatever. If you do this... None of those good things are gonna happen, and you're gonna to get to spend the whole day in your room. Now, which one do you want? Because you're the boss, you're in charge, you get to choose. Well, she's choosing this. This is what the Bible says God says, Today I put before you a blessing and a, and a curse. Choose blessing. I put before you life and death. God's like, Please choose life. Please choose life. He's given us free will. So, what's happened now is that we've created a relationship. Now, Sydney at 15, she's in high school. Oh my God, it's terrifying having girls in high school. I was a boy in high school. I know what boys in high school are like. And they're worse now. And, and, and we're having conversations and I'm driving her to school and, and we're talking. And now, 15, because we're not a dictator with her. We, we've involved her in the conversation and we've given her wisdom and we're allowing her to make choices and see both sides. And I'm telling you, that when she was two and three and I was crying It's for a different reason. Now she's 15 and I'm crying because of how proud I am. Of the decision she's making as a young lady, she's like, Dad, I feel like God's talking to me. Turn the radio off. What's he saying? Well, I think he wants me to this, this, and not do that and that and that. I'm like, oh, my God. High five, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, you've heard God. You're hearing, I'm, I'm so proud of you. I'm calling Jennifer, I'm crying, telling Jennifer how amazing our young adult daughter is because she's hearing God and obeying him. And I mean, just an amazing thing, guys. If we'll be involved, we gotta be involved as parents. We gotta be involved as leaders, coaches, bosses. We can't expect something to go right if we're not involved in inspecting it along the way, Amen? So let me give you four quick things. Number one, live the example. Live the example. Number two, pray for more wisdom. Perpetually pray for more wisdom. Number three, practice the power of persuasion. Ask God to give you creativity of how you can be more persuasive. And number four, provoke them to purity and godly passion. Don't provoke them to wrath. Provoke them to pure behavior toward God, a pure heart toward God and passion for God. Amen. Amen. Did you receive something today? We hope this message has blessed your life. And if it has, we want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the Give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks again for listening and have a great week.